0: Do we have Kim? Is Kim with us, Casey? I am here. I am here, Chuck. It's a
1: pleasure Kim. to hear your voice. Nice,
0: nice to have you on. I'm sorry that we got uh, we had a few technical issues and uh, you got bumped back a little bit, but um, uh, kind of um, for everyone, this is uh, Kim Weir kimberly kim it's,
1: kim is great kim yeah once we say hello it's kim okay <laughs> kim. makes me think i'm in trouble
0: <laughs> <laughs> i know people call me charles all the time i was like charles like yeah that's my dad but um <laughs> tell everyone what you're uh, I, I came i gave you a little bit of a brief uh, introduction earlier about um the facility and the trf but uh tell everybody what you do uh for the trf and what it is and and what's going on
1: well my goodness that's a Great big softball, thank you. <laughs> I, lo- I love that question. All, all pieces of it, but I'll uh, delightedly uh, tell uh, tell your audience what what um, who I am and what I do and what we've got going on. Like you said, so I am Kim Weir. I am with the Thoroughbred Retirement Foundation. I'm happily, very happily, uh, somewhere in my third year. Still feel like the, the new kid on the team because this organization has been um, doing its work for so long. We're actually in our 36th year as a uh, nonprofit charity devoted to the welfare of the retired thoroughbred racehorses um so i've only been there a little while but this organization has been supported by countless thousands of folks and wonderful people and individuals across the industry for a very long time and, and what we do is we take care of the retired thoroughbred racehorses who can no longer compete on the racetrack um and we make sure that they don't fall into harm's way those terrible things of neglect, abuse, abuse and slaughter are the reasons we exist to make sure those things don't happen to these beautiful animals that give us their all. Um, so the Third Bird Retirement Foundation is based right here in Saratoga Springs, so I have a very good fortune to live right here. I'm a gear rounder. I'm not a snowbird. <laughs> um, and all of our team is here with the exception of our one, um, one colleague is based in Kentucky who's our national herd manager. Um, the herd we take care of today is about 530 of these aging equine athletes. They live in, uh, we have, what, 18 farms currently, and they are from California to New York to Florida. Um, So they are living in two types of farms. One type of farm is a very typical sanctuary farm, which is just horses living in a field being well looked after, but just being horses and doing their thing. But the thing that really makes us unique, and it's actually been a part of our DNA since the very beginning, since the very first horse was taken into our herd in 1984, um, is that we've taken horses and we've put them in correctional facilities. And so the very first horse's name was Promised Road, and he got off a van at the Wallkill Correctional Facility in Wallkill, New York, and thus began our TRF Second Chances Program, which is definitely what we're most known for, and it really is where we've made the biggest impact. Um, Not only did the horses live out happy lives for the rest of their days, but we're actually helping humans too. So that's a big, long first pass of the of the of the what we're up to, um, and love sharing that before I dive into what we've got going on right now. But but Chuck, did that give a good thumbnail or anything that you would think I should underscore for your audience?
0: No, I, honestly, that that's a great um, it's it's a great uh, explanation, and uh, you know, for years and years and years. I mean, I, I, what's this your twentieth year with the well, not your twentieth year, but the TRF's been around for what twenty years, so. It's, you know, for a long time as an industry, we just didn't do a great job with aftercare. We just didn't, and yeah. um, it, unfortunately, it was we've had to some uh, some tough situations that have that have occurred, but. Yeah. But the the response I think has been really really strong, and I think that your organization uh, TAA, some of the other uh, the racetracks that have their own you know found you know foundations and programs um, like Florida Track down here. I know uh, they have one at Parks, New York, obviously, yep. and it, it, there's individuals out there as well that are that are doing some things. Um, uh, it's not just. Uh, you know, formal organizations. There are individuals out there that are doing a great job, um, often with with very little funding, uh, yeah. of of getting horses, um, giving them a, a home, or even more importantly, giving them a second job because yeah. that's um, that's so important. Because you know, our horses, we run them young, and like I've been a racehorse person my whole life. I, I don't, mm-hmm. I don't ride. <laughs> obvious reasons i'm as big as a horse but um you know i was never involved in polo or never involved in show horses or or anything like that so i I was kind of ignorant to what what those horses do and what their needs were and i found out like about polo horses that they want mostly mares and they have to be short because yeah you guys, kind of want to have to lean over too much, um, right. <laughs> but there's so many things that that we you know we do with our horses. Even our, what's considered a quote unquote old horse, a mm-hmm. uh, seven, eight, nine year old thoroughbred is, is considered old, but in in sport horses and, and other things, that's considered young. And yep. to to be able to um, find ways of getting them from the racetrack into the proper hands. And into these programs like yours and others that that rehab them and and kind of t- retrain them where they can have these these great second careers is something that's uh, it's so important for the industry. In, in that, number one, it's doing the right thing.
1: Yeah. Because- well, that's all very well put, Chuck, and, and I do appreciate you sharing that with uh sharing how you feel about it, which you you have been a, a great supporter of all that we do for so long. Um, but just sharing that with your audience as well because. It, it is, it, and just as you've painted so uh, clear a picture, it's it, it's trite as it may sound. It does take a village. This this uh, this this is a system. We're all part of an industry, and industry is a system that lots of players, lots of pieces, lots of parts, lots of people doing their roles. And the aftercare industry has really. Really, come so so far since this organization that I work for um, and have the honor to serve was founded, and we are actually 36 years old. So that we're uh, almost wow. two decades, or almost four decades, of doing this. A short, and we of- were out there alone for you know, frankly, far too long. Um, we were very. I'm very honored that you know the leaders of this organization were like the leaders, and they decided this needed to be done in a systematic, organized way. But it was not a good place for the Thoroughbred Retirement Foundation to be the only one for a long time and we are so not alone anymore so to your point it, it is really um it is a very heartening time for me as a as a relatively new entrant to the business I've been a fan forever I've been a racing fan for 25 years thanks to my husband and a horse girl since I was five so but to be a part of the industry is still very very new to me and it is such a gift to be a part of it now um because I know that it didn't used to be like this. It's, it's now, and I think social media yeah. and podcasts and opportunities for engagement like this make a really big impact because everyone can be more aware. And if they're more aware, they can decide if they care. And if they care, then they can act. And that's what's been happening. Is so many different pieces. So, so there are. We are. We are part of a community that are all focused on these horses. It's actually the whole industry is focused on these horses. It's just we're taking care of them once their racing career is done. And figuring out what's the right next thing for them of which there are many many options at this point in the in the evolution of the world the TRF's role is to take those that cannot pursue a second athletic career which which is obviously our goal the goal is that they finish racing and they can still go do any number of athletic things because they're athletes they're born to be athletes but we all know there are those that are going to finish they can't and um thankfully that's what our niche is in the ecosystem, and it's also where this TRF Second Chances program really shines because these horses can make such an impact on these men and women and never have to be ridden at all. Um, so it is, it's is—it's an honor to be a part of it, and I'm grateful for folks like you who let us talk about it and who believe in, in what we're doing.
0: You know, I had Rick Shosperg on um, a couple months, well, I guess about a month and a half ago, And, you know, Rick's been a a very strong proponent uh, on the THA board of setting up their program. And one of the things that he really stressed was that the education process to educate the owners and educate the trainers that that last race, you know, Mm -hmm. kind of phenomenon of, well, one, let's try one more when especially when a horse is not informed or not racing well. The odds of the horse turning it around for that one last race are almost infinitesimal. So it's just, yep. hey, are, you might be doing enough damage where the horse, you're dooming the horse to a uh, to, to a place that, um, you know, it, where it's not able to do that. And, and I think the, you know, what you guys are doing with the prisoners in, in an educational way is is giving them uh, therapy in one way and also kind of giving them uh, skills to to have um to be able when they get out to, to have a job because there's so many horse facilities and like i said us racehorse people we get stuck on racetrack stuff and we, we don't realize how many horses and you know there's there's uh i saw the american horse council number uh, for like the number of horses like seven million horses in this country that are, wow. are are ridden, you know, that are owned for things other than horse racing, and
1: interesting, and, yeah. And
0: to think that there's so many different uh areas and, and barns and, and ranches that that'll need help. They ne- need people that have this experience working with horses, yeah. and to give them um uh, that kind of experience to, to where they can learn about horses. And uh, I mean, honestly, uh, you know, you spend time at around horses and, and spend time around people, and, and most of the time you wind up preferring the horses over the people.
1: Yeah, yeah, these horses are, they, they, they make an impact on all of us, and it is, is profoundly positive with, you know, with the exceptions of the toes and the, the, the things of us they've broken just because they, they do that too. But in terms of our, the the I uh, I think anyone who's around horses just knows you're all, you feel better near a horse. Horses have this just incredibly positive, powerful impact on, on us humans. And that is definitely what's happening in our prison programs um, in a whole lot of ways, as well as, as you underscore, skills. Because our program, the our Second Chances Program, is by definition very intentionally a vocational program. We know that it has these therapeutic benefits and it has, you know, it has the powerful emotional, psychological stuff, but that's... Let's just be kind of candid. That is not the business that correctional facilities are in. They're not therapeutic organizations, by and large. They're correctional facilities. They're trying to put these men and women on a path to correct where they were going and go head them in a new direction, much more positive, contributing to society. And that's why they that's why they work with us. Um, and it's really an amazing partnership. It is what I spend most of my time and most of my waking moments and even some of my non-waking moments <laughs> talking about this program because it's, it's just it's just that good i mean i am i am totally drinking the kool-aid i i do not apologize for that but i have been to i have been to a lot of prisons in the last two and a half years which is a strange twist in my life since i <laughs> moved here and joined this fabulous adventure but i have seen it i have seen it with my own eyes and heard it more importantly with my own ears and felt it with my own heart that these individuals believe these horses have changed their lives for the better and for good. And that is actually gets to the what's going on these days, and I'll let you I'll let you key it up if you want to, but like we're going to give your audience and everyone on the planet Earth a chance to feel that thing that I'm trying to bottle and tell you today on this phone call.
0: <laughs> now, you, you guys have this. Um, you're, you're usually you have a fundraiser um, where where people are allowed to attend, correct? Yes.
1: Yes, usually we do. (laughs) Yes, it's
0: kind of, uh, you know, the the, the 2020 version of things, you know, it's different than the the actual usual version of things. But you guys have, uh, uh, it sounds like a a big event coming up on October 20th, which is, uh, what, three Tuesdays from from today. Mm, Indeed. Go ahead and explain uh, what's going on with that.
1: Yeah, this is really, again, I I get excited about everything, which is sort of a blessing and a curse. But I am beyond excited about this. So this is October 20th, 10-20-2020. If anyone likes numbers, I guess your audience all likes numbers. <laughs> the handicappers love numbers, 10 20, 20, 20. Um, So what we're doing on this day, it is it is very um, looks, it is very much essentially inspired by the, the world that we live in today. We never would have thought of doing, I don't know, I almost feel silly saying we never would have thought of doing this were it not for COVID, but I just don't know that we would have because we were just like like us humans usually are, we do the things we're used to doing. I was spending all of my energy inviting VIPs and people of interest in, to come to the prison to see the program with me. That's that's what I've done for two and a half years. But because the world has changed so dramatically and because, A, people can't go to any event, but they definitely aren't going to go to an event at a prison, um, we, we turned the thing upside down. And so what we're doing on this day... Um, three weeks from today it's hard to believe we are inviting every human on earth with a connected device to come with us into the trf second chances program at the blackburn correctional complex in lexington lexington kentucky so wherever you are if you can hear this podcast you have the technology to come with us and not just hear me talk about how amazing this program is but you actually come with us to the horse show that's what we're calling this it's the trf Um, Blackburn 2020 Horse Show which will be a live stream event at 8pm Eastern Time and it will be the men of Blackburn demonstrating what they have learned with these horses. They will be handling the horses. They will be taking the horses through an agility course, taking them over obstacles. They will be talking to to the camera, to the audience. They'll be absolutely looking in the eye and telling you how this program has changed their lives. To also get a chance to meet the warden of Blackburn, the instructor who teaches the men there. And frankly, without it all wanting to steal my own thunder, um, I know I've been choreographing this horse show, we will include two men who've recently um, left Blackburn, walked out the door with jobs they secured in the horse industry because of the TRF Second Chances Program and all of the partnerships we have there. So... The best thing about the 20th of October is that we will be able to, in basically about a half hour, almost, almost the amount of time, probably a little longer than that, but we'll actually give everyone the ability to experience what this really looks like and what it really feels like um, in a way that we, frankly, have never, ever been able to do. We've written a million articles. We've had a lot of TV segments. We are grateful for all the media coverage we've received for this program in 36 years, but nothing will be quite like what we're doing on the 20th to, to let everyone come with us. So it's not a fundraiser. There's no tickets. There's no, you don't pay to attend. You just click a link and there will be, um, obviously, those who are moved are always welcome to donate. We are constantly feeding these horses the equivalent of cash three times a day. Hmm. But the event is just about awareness. It's about opening eyes, opening hearts, opening ears, opening minds to to just what's possible. Um, that's all we that, that's not a small task, but that's all we're trying to accomplish on the 20th is to let people see it and feel it. So I would love for you to be with us, Chuck. Chuck. <laughs> and everyone who's listening, you're all welcome to join me.
0: Well, I'm definitely going to check it out. It sounds very interesting that, you know, the way you've, like you said, you choreographed it and, and uh, you're going to have, um, you know, feature the, 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 the prisoners doing, you know, their thing with each of their horses. And uh, it's a, it's a great thing. I mean, honestly, um, you know people deserve a second chance and uh there's no better way than than with a, with a race where well with a horse period um and i think it's really innovative that you guys have come up with this idea and, and it's and it's great and i hope that uh you get uh, a lot of people to watch and, and we will certainly promote it as much as we can and uh and try to you know talk it up and and, and put it out there and uh and i'll be honest I, your enthusiasm is 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 unbelievably great Oh. <laughs> I, honestly, I was talking with someone in the business today, and, and we've both been in the business for a long time, and and you know we get bombarded with bad news all the time, and yeah, lately the it's world not it, it, it's I'm the afraid. whole world is full of it, but the racing game especially is is like every yeah. time you see uh, a little bit of light, you know here comes a court decision or here comes a bad test or here comes this or here comes that, and and it's just so hard to maintain your enthusiasm and horses no matter what type of horses horses are a 24 hour day seven day a week commitment because they don't get sick at at times that are convenient they don't um go you know get, get loose or or you know run through fences or this or that you just never know when when they're gonna need you and um you know enthusiasm is something that it's very very hard to uh sometimes to muster up but um I, I love the fact that, that you are enthusiastic and, and that you guys are doing such great work. And uh, let me ask you a question. You, yes, did, you nice. had, did, did you guys have quick call?
1: We sure did. Oh my gosh. Beloved, beloved quick call. It was with us a long time, long time. Yes, indeed.
0: Quick call was, was one of my favorite horses. I'm going kind to of aging myself, but when, when I wasn't, well,
1: high, you like, are in good company. And I had the chance in my short time here to have to, to to spend a fair amount of time with them because I visited Wallkill so much in those first you know, first two years. But you will want to know, and I will make sure that we put you on this very special list, Chuck, that um, Quick Call is, um, he, he, has, he has indeed crossed the Rainbow Bridge, and he's a ripe old 35 years old last October when he was um, when, when he was when breathed his last breath, which was a very easy breath. He never suffered. He was never sick. He never had any, he, he was tired at 35, his, his, his body was tired, but that was it. He feels like so, I,
0: he feels like I feel right now.
1: <laughs> yes, I think I know that feeling too. It is <laughs> weary, right? Weary. And, uh, but he was well. He would appreciate knowing that he was. He, I always say he remained the man at the herd at Wallkill. I kind of described him as Mick Jagger because he he and not to no offense to Mick Jagger, but like he was like the old the old rock star. But he was still the rock star, and he was that way with all the other horses. And the men, and he was no pushover. Like he didn't, he was all racehorse the whole time for thirty-five years. The uh, some of our horses kind of settle in and turn into house pets. Not quick call. He he. Sometimes he was in a great mood. Sometimes he wasn't in a great mood. And everybody just let him be him. He was he was really quite a quite a character, you would say. But what I wanted to tell you is that with our um, with great support um, from our friends at Naira, um our beloved Quick Call um, will indeed. Um, uh, be laid to rest with a headstone marker um, right there in Clare Court next to Four Star Days.
0: Wow, that's great.
1: Um, that that process has has been in process for quite a while because it's actually had some of its own COVID problems. But nonetheless, he's he's good. He's he's uh, happily prepared for that, and um, and that will happen. And we thought we of course would do it this summer. And then we didn't because we knew we want everyone who loved him. We want to be able to get them together in a way that is a celebration of all that he, all that he did on the racetrack. And then all that he did at Wallkill for like 20 plus years where he was teaching men to be better humans. So he had an awesome life and yeah. we were honored that he was part of our herd. I think
0: I was in like the 10th grade when I first saw him race.
1: Oh my God. He was, um,
0: <laughs> he, you know, he was a good horse everywhere, but Saratoga, he, he was better. That, that was yeah. his track. And, uh, he, he ran so well, we're many... putting
1: that on his headstone so you know you can know in advance it's the horse for the course he yeah. he was that and that will be forever how he will be remembered at, at saratoga <laughs> he, he was
0: just one of those horses that always showed up and, and back then we raised horses a lot more and a, a lot more frequently oh, than yeah. we did now he, yes. he the meet was a month long and he'd run three times every every yeah. year
1: Past performances we hand them out we did a quick call we do a quick call event every year on his on his stakes day and we did one this year at walton whitman here in town and um, everybody everybody asks for his past performances we make lots of copies of them because you just don't see you know you don't see those kind of pps any, anymore for sure but he no. had quite a resume
0: no you, you really don't i was talking with the jason the prior guest about john henry and um you know his, his amazing career where uh, I mean, he wound up retiring to the Kentucky Horse Park, and John Henry bit me, actually. <laughs> John yeah. Henry was yeah. not a nice horse. He was not. There was not a not nice bone nice. in his right. body. But you look at the past performances, and it almost seems like, uh, you know, fictional that a horse could race as many times as he did at the at the class that he did. Um, yeah. You know, just race after race after race as long as he did. And these, these you know, old war horses are... Uh, know they're just things it's just great that they they wind up in places like um you know your facility or or the kentucky horse park or or somewhere else where people can can go and 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 see them and and then like you said you look at their race record and it's like wow this is a horse that really did did something that you're not going to see anymore
1: yeah yeah well you you might chuckle to know uh, that the very first racehorse i ever met was indeed the great john henry out at my home i'm from san diego so delmar was at my home track and Mm -hmm friend of mine took me, I was 10 years old and she was so proud that he didn't bite me. Like it was a huge accomplishment <laughs> that the horse didn't actually bite me. So I must've been okay. I can't, <laughs>
0: anyway, I can't,
1: my brush with greatness. I um, uh, so that was really cool.
0: I can't even imagine how, how, how bad he was before he was Celted. But uh, <laughs> That's the, uh, you know, it's another thing we talked about with the prior guest about, you know, these, some of these trainers nowadays with, they get barns full of million dollar colts and, some of them just are better off being gelded. It's just yes. they're just not going <laughs> to yeah. be, you know, yeah. their 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 lower brain just doesn't work as well as their upper brain does. That's and, right. Uh, That's uh, right. You know, but uh, I, listen, I was great to have you on and, and uh, stay enthusiastic, Kim, because uh, you know horses horses are challenging and
1: yes,
0: things they, happen. They are.
1: They're heartbreaking. I think this is the thing about this this industry that you know you and all of all of the many you know. Uh, brave and resilient souls that, that throw themselves into thoroughbred racing um, are throwing themselves into a life of heartbreak because these horses are, that's, that's just what they are. They're fabulous, they're beautiful, they're wonderful, but they are heartbreaking and they're exhausting. And I'm glad to have a story that can lift the spirits because it's not me. It, it, I just happen to be the messenger. This is what our horses have been doing for 40 years and I, I just am so excited to share it. So if it gives anyone a little glimmer, a little extra pep in the step on a long day, I'm I, I'm honored to have that role because I'm just sharing a story that uh, that does that. It just makes you feel better. So thank you so much, Chuck, for letting me be here. It's such a treat to meet you like directly. I feel like we've known each other, but i'm I'm very glad to chat with you today. This has been so much fun.
0: Yes, absolutely and and listen, r- remind me, and we will um, we will talk about it on every show that we have from here on in and uh, hopefully, like I said, we, you get uh, a lot of people watching it and it's going to be taped so you'll be able to watch it uh, again is that true okay great
1: i'm trying to you know generate a lot as much as sort of collective community energy at eight o'clock on october 20th um because it'll be fun to all say we watched it at the same time however from that moment forward it will be very available on all of our social media so it will stream live on youtube facebook twitter maybe instagram but it'll be everywhere and then it'll be there so yes if you happen to be busy at 8 o'clock on October 20th, you will still have the chance to see it <laughs> <All> right, <laughs> and hopefully great. be moved.
0: Excellent. Thank you, Kim. Uh, Thoroughbred Retirement Foundation, check out their website and uh, keep up the good work.
1: Thank you, Chuck. You have a great afternoon. I appreciate the time.
0: You too, Kim. Thank you. Bye. Bye. That was Kim Weir from the, the TRF, who does uh, a lot of great work, along with a lot of other organizations that, um, that do... Uh, I mean, they do the work of, uh, w- without the... I mean, listen, we work hard in, in, in racing. We work really hard. We work long hours, and it's a tough business. It doesn't matter what the weather is. doesn't matter what the holidays. But we have a carrot at the end of the the, the stick. We're, we're we're doing it for, for, to get paid. We're doing it for money. And, yes, we do it for the love of the game in a lot of ways, but... Um, our goal is is to make enough money that you know usually to buy another horse but uh these people are are doing this strictly out of the love of the horse and to try to do the right thing and and with this program trying to help people uh who may have had rough starts uh, to their life or, or have, have taken a wrong turn and and are trying to get themselves back um, to a position where where they're they're doing the right thing and and uh, and horses can do that for people horses can be therapy uh i know one person who who uses horses as therapy and uh to great effect and um in the end that that's mostly that that's why we get in this business is the horse captures us and there's a lot of different things that go into it afterwards but um the one difference between this business and almost all the other businesses is the horse the horse is the uh is, is the driver of of everything, and um, making sure that that as many of them as possible find uh, proper landings after their their racing career is over is a uh, is is a goal that we all need to uh, to chip in to help achieve, and it's going to be work, of course, because there's lots of horses, and uh, um, it, it's just heartening to see more and more people uh, raising. Money and um, doing doing things to to benefit uh, benefit racehorses after after their careers over. I want to thank uh, Tom Canell and Jason Bidas and uh, Kim Kim Weir um, all for being guests today. And I'm sorry about the technical difficulties that we had earlier. Believe me, this was kind of beyond our control, and uh, there's just. Uh, <laughs> Technology can be uh, can be great and it can it can suck sometimes. But um, uh, thanks for listening, and uh, we will be back Monday with uh, Big Monday with Barry. Uh, kind of a we'll recap the the weekend, which there's going to be a, a tremendous amount of of, of uh, news to talk about. There's going to be a, a it's a huge racing weekend. There's uh, Keeneland's opening up. Uh, uh, the Preakness uh, and and the undercard are great. New York has some 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 good races this weekend, and of of course Gulfstream Park West. But um, uh, we'll be back next week, and uh, hopefully we can get our uh, we get everything in order. But um, thank you for for listening, and uh, uh, thank you to all the guests. Uh, and if you, you want to get a hold of us. Going in Circles Podcast at Gmail or you can catch me at Twitter uh, at Shell. Uh, thanks for listening. Bye. This is the Going in Circles Podcast, hosted by Horseman Chuck Simon. To become a sponsor to suggest topics or for questions, email Going in Circles Podcast at gmail.com and log on to our Facebook page, Going in Circles Podcast.